I joined the lunchtime club because they said, oh, you're tall, you'll be good. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, turns out I, I had some natural talent, just being tall. And it all started from then. Yeah, and my mum and dad getting divorced, worst thing that happened, but it turned out to be one of the best things that's happened to me. So I wouldn't change that from forever in my life with motivation, pride, perseverance, just in adversity in general, um, confidence-wise as well, self-esteem. Uh, if I'm having a bad day, and I can go to the gym, shoot some hoops, and whether, <laughs> whether I'm making or missing, just being in that environment is, is helpful for me. Every year, what have I done? Have I achieved a trophy? Have I got a, um, an acknowledgement in team of the year? or MVP or most improved or anything like that. So uh, I think out of the four years I've been professional, I've won two trophies and I've been to three finals. So the, the last year that we didn't play due to COVID, that was my most unsuccessful year. I, like, at the minute we're taking a knee before games. Um, I think that's, do you, think, do you think that's doing anything? I think it's doing anything physically, but it's showing that there is a need for change and we can be unified against racism. Do you feel left out? No, no. I'm very, very integrated into the culture. If, if you make a mistake, people can see. And uh, as soon as you've made the mistake, someone's on Twitter. Uh, that geese is awful. Why is he even on the team? He's shit. Mental health is a big issue in the country. I've lived at the, the low level end of the scale. Earn everything I've had. I've gone out and I've either done the work and earned the money or I've done other things to go and get that money. Has basketball affected your mental health positively or negatively? Um, I'd say positively. Um, at a young age, I think I was about 10, my parents got divorced. Okay. And I, I was a bit of an angry kid back then. So basketball allowed me to channel that aggression into something physical that I could be aggressive in and the aggression would be used successfully instead of at home with my brother and fighting people on the street and whatnot. So yeah. uh, that's helped me with that. Um, it helps me uh, throughout my life with motivation, pride, perseverance, just in adversity in general, um, confidence-wise as well, self-esteem. Uh, if I'm having a bad day, and I can go to the gym, shoot some hoops, and whether, whether I'm making or missing, just being in that environment is, is helpful for me. And I just having someone that I can push up against, uh, throw my weight around, and no one's getting hurt, but it's getting that aggression out in a constructive form. Um, it's, it's a good release for stress and everything like that. Uh, I can just go there after a hard day at work. I can be at work nine, 10 hours, worst shift of your life. Mm go to practice, my mates are there, so I'm already chill, it's a different environment, 
but then all that stress that's built up, I can just relieve. Where did it all start from? My parents got divorced when I was about 10. Obviously, taking on the role of the man of the house. Yeah, I see that. I got three sisters and a brother. Mm. And then my mum weren't in the best of places either. So I was raising them, doing my schoolwork, and then I didn't really have a release. So oh, I, I, I joined the lunchtime club because they said, oh, you're tall, you'll be good. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. uh, turns out I, I had some natural talent just being tall. And it all started from there then? Yeah, and my mum and dad getting divorced, worst thing that happened. But it turned out to be one of the best things that's happened to me. So I wouldn't change that from forever. What do you think is the biggest challenge basketball players face today? I want to say venue availability, um, uh, funding from the government and media presence, okay. like advertisement-wise. Why do you think this? Um, basketball doesn't have the, the popularity that football, rugby and cricket and that do, like the, the home sports have even though it's got probably one of the biggest grassroots following okay. in this country. Um, venues, we're always having to share the halls with basketball, uh, badminton players and things like that. And badminton's the bane of my life, just just for that reason. Because mm. they're always there past their time. When it's their time, they're always there 10 minutes before, waiting on the sidelines saying, oh, we're ready for badminton. <laughs> uh, I don't care, mate. You're 60. <laughs> funding, uh, they cut the funding for the sport after the Olympics because they didn't do well. So there's been no funding from the government. It's all been self-raised or from the clubs themselves. Uh, with the COVID stuff now, the government's given us a bailout and I don't think it's enough money, but they seem to think it is because okay. they don't understand what people actually need. There's like other professionals like myself that are playing at the higher level than I am that uh, have a second job and they're in the Premier League and they're getting a wage from basketball but that's not enough to support their family or pay their rent even. Okay. So they have to have a day job like myself and still make the time to train every day, this, that and the other weekend games, midweek games all of that things a lot of discipline like organization of your time and just having a schedule like i haven't been coaching this year very often because of covid and everything but when i was coaching i'd be up at six to go do a session work out or go shoot or anything like that now there's no coaching i'm still getting up at six and that's just my body clock because it's been like that for years now a lot of commitment um. yeah commitment is crazy uh, a lot of time time effort money um, uh, you, you make a lot of sacrifices as well so during the season I used to not work when I was at uni or mm -hmm. at college because I had basketball every every night every weekend and that was from like September to April okay. and then April to September is when I do all my work so I go and work 70 hour weeks in the store or McDonald's where I am now and it's just crazy how you'd have to sacrifice all that work and time with your family and friends everything like that your friends going on holidays you can't I got basketball at the weekend or 
I can't come out tonight because I got practice and things like that. So it's sacrifice, but I wouldn't change that because it's given me different perspectives on what I value more. So is that what it is then? What you need then? It's one of the the many things. Um, talent as well, obviously. Yeah, talent. Talent is very, very necessary. But like I say, you could be the most talented person, but if you're not disciplined or motivated enough to go to the gym, work out in the mornings, eat properly and watch what you drink and some medications we're not allowed to take because it's on the prohibited list, even when we're not in competition. So it's just that uh, that alertness and awareness of what you can and do, can't do with your body and when you can and can't do it. Talent is, is a big thing, but you don't have to be the most talented to be one of the best players. You need that mindset, don't you? Yeah, a lot of it is mindset. If if you say you're going to do a task and that's what you go and do, and that's fine, you're, you're disciplined there. But if you get easily distracted and things like that, I'd say, it's all right, I can miss a day, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do extra tomorrow. But then tomorrow comes and you're still eating the same way or not working out as hard as you can, not going to sleep, getting enough sleep is a very big thing. <laughs> Found that out <laughs> the hard way. Uh, eating as well, eating and drinking is some of the easiest things you can say, but it's one of the most difficult things to do. Uh, keeping track of calories, nutrients, this, that and the other, just making sure you're eating right and healthy and not having the extra drink at the, at the weekend after a game or something like that is, is very difficult. But if you can do that, then it translates on the court. Okay. And obviously, by translating that onto the court, you have more success. And the more successful you are, hopefully, the more trophies you can win. And as an athlete, that's that's my end goal. Every year, what have I done? Have I achieved a trophy? Have I got a um, an acknowledgement in team of the year, or MVP, or most improved, or anything like that? So, uh, I think uh, the four years I've been professional, I've won two trophies, and I've been to three finals. So. The, the last year that we didn't play due to COVID, that was my most unsuccessful year. But that's not your fault though, is and it? And that was cut short by COVID. Yeah. So I didn't really have a chance to win a trophy. Uh, I got a friend who played in Germany for three, four years. So my friend in Germany, he's, his two daughters live at home in London. And when he went to Germany, it was like two, three years on the row that he was there. And every year he'd come home after like eight months away from his family and his his older daughter would be like dad where, where's your trophy like and unfortunately he was unsuccessful that year so he didn't come home with any trophies and she goes uh, you you came came home with nothing you were away for that long away from all of us and you have nothing to show for it like what's the point so as a competitor even though I'm not away from my family not winning anything kind of means I've wasted that year. Is that motivation then? Massively. This year due to COVID they, they said there's no relegation or promotion. Everyone makes the playoffs. So we could have tanked the whole year, lost every game and then when it came to the playoffs we win three games in a row and yeah, yeah. and we win. But 
as professional athletes, we can't. <laughs> I can't be going into week in, week out. Nah, we can lose. It's fine. Doesn't mean like, doesn't mean anything. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. We can lose. I don't care. I don't need to be the best. Wait to the playoffs. Yeah, but that's not how I work. Like I want to be given the best account of myself, and as a team, that we can do week in, week out, and like if I can't give the hundred percent of me. I can't expect that from everyone else. So that translates into real life, into my work in McDonald's. Uh, I'm not going to do 50% of the work because it doesn't matter. Someone else would do it. Uh, if I do 100% of the work, then other people can see that and they can then bring themselves to that level and everyone else can be successful. And a trophy doesn't have to symbolise success. It can be good times for the drive through or just a, a nice work environment you know um, yeah motivation is a big thing to be successful mm. along with discipline racism is a recurring topic in sports yes what's your opinion on that I don't think it has a place in sport at all um, I think as people whether you're white black any other race it, it, it doesn't matter like, we're all human and if you're able to play the game or any sport at uh, any level, mm. then you shouldn't be discriminated against at all. Um, uh, as a, a white guy in a, uh, a predominantly black-dominated sport, I'm <laughs> very unathletic. Uh, I'm a bit slow, uh, slow-footed, so... I might not be seen as the best and you could say that's discrimination or whatever but black people are able to to do that sort of thing they're, they're quicker like it's simple biology do you feel left out no no i'm very very integrated into the culture yeah so i'm black josh on my team because there, there was another Josh but I've been there longer I'm more diverse in the culture that that basketball has the, the music the people the language everything like that so I might not be quick athletic and everything like that as they are predominantly but everything I do complements what they do on the court as well and we get on off the court, on the court, uh, everything like that. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm discriminated against at all, just because I'm white. But you don't feel left out at all. No, not at all. It's it's very inclusive. Like uh, you got Asians, Middle Eastern people, like Northerners, Europeans. Like uh, it's 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 a very diverse sport when you when you come to think about it because. There's there's top British athletes, but they're originally from South Sudan or Senegal, and things like things like that. Um, and that's that's some of the Olympians we've had. Um, they they've gone into playing the NBA and they've got their own foundations and everything now, and they're giving back to all the kids. Um, uh, no, it, it's very inclusive, especially basketball from my eyes. Um, uh, when you go to places like Russia and the Far East like, and the Middle East especially 
like they've got all their rules with women covering up and burkas and things like that, which you accept because that's that's their that's their culture. Basketball is secondary to that. So regardless of who you are, you have to be respectful of that. But police like Russia, they're they're not very big fans of of people of different colours. So going there it's always going to be a different atmosphere um, and it may not be as inclusive as you, you would hope but they are beginning to change that I, uh, at the minute we're taking a knee before games um, I think that's do you think, do you think that's doing anything? Um, I don't think it's doing anything physically but it's showing that there is a need for change and we can be unified against racism. So until there is something better that we can be doing, taking a knee before games, showing respect and showing that we are against social injustices as a group of people, I think is very powerful. Um, regardless of whether it's doing anything, it, it unifies people from the whole sport I know some people of colour that don't take the knee and they say well it doesn't do anything but then what can we be doing to do anything and they're just as blank as everyone else I see a bit of that. so on one side yeah it's doing something on the other side it's not doing anything but there is nothing better that we can be doing at in the present moment. So taking the knee is the least we can do until we find something that we can do. There's pros and cons of both. Yeah, definitely. That's a thing. But do you think it will go anytime soon or not? In the current climate, I think... I'd like to think that we are closer to eradicating racism not just in basketball, but in sport in general, mm. sooner rather than later. Um, obviously, COVID has brought about delays and everything in everything that we've done in the real life, but that can't be used as a, an excuse. Like, I think things such as education reform are a massive tool that isn't actually used. Like teaching kids in school like, it doesn't matter <laughs> what colour of your skin you can be whoever you want to be and whatever you want to be so whether you come from a ghetto in South, South LA or South London or somewhere in Chelsea and Kensington places like that uh, we're all human so you want to be an astronaut, you want to be a scientist, you want to be a lawyer, it doesn't matter where you're from, as long as you you put in the work, and then that, that's where the discipline comes in, and the motivation that we spoke about earlier. Like, you can be whoever you want to be, and do whatever job you want to do, but you have to be willing to put that work and effort in. Is there a fear of failure? Uh, there, there's a point last year where I nearly got fired from playing basketball. Yeah? Yeah, my performances weren't to the level they needed to be. I was a few kilos overweight for the team and everything like that. So I think that was where I kind of felt safe. Um, 
bit complacent in my position on the team. Obviously, I'd just come from being the coach, winning two championships, blah blah. So I thought, it's fine. Uh, I'm, I've got a spot on this team for, for time to come. But then a few kilos one year can be five the next and things like that. So people knocked me in check. They said, look, you could get fired. Uh, you aren't getting played as much. Like, how does that make you feel? Blah, blah. Like, you, your money can be docked. Your housing can be lost. And obviously, that was a wake up call. Like, lose a few kilos. Make sure that I'm keeping to my diet and things like that. Um, but as a person, I, now coming down to psychology here, there's two different types of people need to achieve and need to avoid failure. So you're talking about the avoiding failure part. I'm a need-to-achieve person, but I'm highly motivated, self-motivated. I know what I'm going to get, and I need to get that to feel good. Um, There's other people that, like I say, need to avoid failure, and that does play a part in, in young people's lives, I think, especially now with social media and trying to be best friends and seeing in good light in front of everyone trying to please everyone like that um, but that, that doesn't really faze me I've never been a big social media no. fan uh, if I want to talk to you I'm going to talk to you uh, I don't need to put a picture up on Instagram to have thousands of likes to feel good about myself like if if you want to see a picture of me I'll, I'll send you a picture of me Like I don't need everyone's reassurance everyone's input everyone's yeah uh, no, I'm a need-to-achieve person. So at basketball, I need to win a trophy for my year to be successful. At work, I need to need to have my goals that I set for the day. And maybe that's just, just being nice to everyone I meet that day. Or being nice to every customer I meet. Or making sure everything I cook is cooked properly and to the highest standard that I can do whether that's cleaning, cooking, serving customers, anything like that, it has to be done to the highest standard. And that's, that's how I, I achieve for that day. Why do you think sports players or sport athletes are afraid to talk about their mental health? I think it's a combination of everything. Like professional athletes are always looked up to by people, kids, adults, everyone. So I think they feel the need to show how wonderful their lives are and everything like that and nothing could be wrong because they're playing the game they love and they're getting paid hundreds of thousands of pounds Um, also sport was predominantly male dominated and there's that ingrained social custom that men don't talk and everything like that so it all like forms into one. Like, now with social media, people have to show that their lives are amazing when they're probably not. Athletes are probably seen as well-paid, everything in their lives are perfect, um, and people look up to them, so they feel that pressure that they have to be the perfect form on show for the world. Is that the dark side of basketball, then? I, th- I think that's the dark side of sport in general. Like, you're put in that spotlight, uh, your name's on your back or on your chest or wherever it is for your team or anything. And um, like if 
if you make a mistake, people can see. And uh, as soon as you've made the mistake, someone's on Twitter. Ah, uh, that geese is awful. Why is he even on the team? He's shit. Uh, stuff like that. And if you're not mentally strong, that can get you down. Um, and things like that. Um, but then I think, like I, like I said earlier, it's it's ingrained in in people's like minds that mental health isn't something you talk about uh, it, it, there's a certain stigma around it especially men uh, no one wants to talk about it uh, obviously in recent times there's been a lot of athletes now that are having the, the confidence to say I, I'm not okay I, I need some help Yeah. and uh, in, in basketball there, there's a lot of players in the NBA who have come out and said I've struggled with depression. There's a lot of people in this country that have done it. Um, and then uh, you can see it in the in the world. Uh, people are coming out and saying, like, I need some help. And then people are actually very supportive. And it sort of brings down that stigma, like that, that barrier that people struggle to get over because they think something bad will happen and that it would just get worse. People are genuinely nicer than people give them credit for. There's that select few that, that are like the poison apple in the barrel and they go on Twitter and they troll and this, that and the other to make themselves feel better about how their life isn't as good as it could be. And they just see someone whose life that they think is better than theirs and then there's some form of weakness. Oh, they're depressed, but they make they make two million every year. How, just how, just yeah, to play basketball. Yeah. How can they be depressed? They got, when, they've, they've got money. How can they be sad? Yeah, exactly. But it, <laughs> I've always said I I've lived on sofas. I've <laughs> I've literally earned everything I've had. Like I've gone out and I've done the work. And earned the money, or I've done other things to go and get that money, to go and get the stuff that I need for my family. I, I only learned to drive a year ago or two because I had a moped that I needed to get from A to B. Cheapest way to do that was a moped, quickest way to do it, moped. So that's what I did. I got poured down rain cold days, getting up early, trouble with the bike, all of that stuff. Like you do that so that I could go and provide for my family. And you say, oh, but you're a professional athlete. Uh, yeah, last year I lived on 500 pound a month. And you say 200 of that went on travel, uh, 100 went on food, and you got your phone bill and everything. And you're trying to save so you can actually live somewhere because next team might not pay your accommodation and things like that uh, I've lived at the, the low level end of the scale, food banks uh, they're some of the best places you can go and people have a stigma around that because oh you need to go to a food bank uh, how? That's, that's a bad thing no, it's something that I need food, I can't afford it so I go there and I'm able to get myself on a better footing in the future months um, so uh, it doesn't matter 
what sort of life people perceive you to have, you can still have mental health issues. And from my experience, people are more open to discussing their mental health issues now as people are more receptive and aware. Obviously, you still get the odd trolls, but people want... <laughs> society now tends to come down hard on those trolls as it's becoming more socially unacceptable and mental health is a big issue in the country and you can link that to racism now it's come to the forefront of it being a big issue and people are now starting to come down on the trolls and the racists and I think it's getting to the point where people will be more understanding of you can be black, you can be white you can be mixed race, you can be whatever and you can still do whatever you want to do because it's it's accepted not that it needed to be accepted in the first place but that's just how it was